2: Welcome to forty-nine unbeaten, the official Arsenal Battle podcast. This episode nineteen, and we are here to talk about Arsenal nil, Manchester City one. I'm just a bit flat after the game. Like I know it's been like a day, it's time to go over it. But usually, our Arsenal fans were angry after a defeat, especially in that manner. I'm just not not bothered, but just flat. Ben, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. I I agree,
0: I mean after Thursday, which was flat we came into Manchester City knowing that A, if we played our full strength team, we'd probably lose and B, if we rested players we'd probably lose it was never a game where you thought we're going to nick something, you know you don't go into it with confidence um, it, it was just the manner that we lost I think that was the most depressing you want to see 11 players on the pitch who are going to show some fight, some spirit, you know we just looked timid and just we got outplayed for the first 25 minutes and then City just sort of stuck themselves in first gear and passed it around.
2: We looked scared of them almost, it, almost like we didn't want to sort of go and attack and almost create any chances because of the threat they have. It just wasn't fun to watch was it Dan really?
1: No it wasn't, Everything was everything was going out wide into the wide areas because City's spine is so ridiculously good. We just had to, like, that, that centre-back pairing of Stones and Diaz was just immense. And then they've got, what, Gundogan, who else is that? Bernardo Silva, De Bruyne, um, all in that kind of area. Like, they don't, they don't really need a, and Fernandinho, what a game he had. Like, they, they didn't really need any out-and-out, like, defensive midfielders. They all just work so well around each other such a well-oiled machine. And because of how efficient their, their middle was, all of our passes was just sitting out wide. And we got, yeah, like you said, we got dominated for the first 25 minutes. And I was thinking, it's going to be curtains here. We're going to be losing like four or five. Well, at least three, because that's what it normally is. But I mean, we showed, some, we showed some fight and we showed some passion. But yeah, like you said, it's like Man City just kind of, didn't really they were like well they're not going to hurt us they're, they're just like it was literally the definition of men against boys
2: yeah it was, it was they got that goal and it was like they they were settled they knew that if we can score if we want to but we don't need to go and score two or three because there's no, we have Arsenal have no threat it was disappointing from the start Sterling obviously scored after less than two minutes uh, I don't know how we let Sterling win a header against us um but I think it started for me from that team selection. It was very surprising, and I saw almost on Twitter it was almost half and half. Half of us fans were delighted at it; it was very attacking, and then the other half was a bit left disappointed that it wasn't as strong or it wasn't what we expected it to be. Obviously, it's good to see T N E back, but was that the right game to throw him into? Same for Pablo Mari. It was a very inexperienced backline who haven't played together for a while. It was it was flat from the start, and just I was almost downhearted straight away. Were you? Were you guys the same, Ben?
0: Yeah, I, I think it was just a bit of nothing that team selection. I think that we rested the wrong players. I, in my opinion, for, for the game against Benfica, you should be prioritising Saka, uh, who is undoubtedly probably our game winner. You've got Aubameyang through the middle who can't have another night like he did it on Thursday. So you'd think he'd start. And therefore you think that both of those would probably have got a rest, especially when you factor in the fact we're playing Manchester City, where we're not going to get a lot of the ball. And when we get the ball, we need to have someone up front who's going to hold it up. And then we're going to need someone who's going to press. So I thought from a logical standpoint, Martinelli and Lacazette would be coming back in um, and keep Pepe probably but I don't know where he would have fitted in if Martinelli would have gone to the right and Pepe on the left and it was just all a bit of a jumble because Kieran Tierney stayed on for 90 minutes um, and that that was a recipe for disaster luckily apparently all he was was knackered by the end but he looked knackered from about 60 minutes onwards and he should have probably come off um, it was just I don't really know what Arteta's game plan was and I don't know where he was prioritising. It felt like he left his eggs half in one basket and half in the other. And it's a, it's a worry for me that neither will come off.
1: He admitted in his post-match interview that um, tactically they got it wrong and something that he told the team to do they couldn't control and was unpredictable. I don't know if you saw that. Um, So it's, it's interesting where that happened because, yeah, like you said, tactically we just looked all over the place. So by the sounds of it, the game plan wasn't grasped to the Standard, it should have been by the team, and as far as team selection goes, we the tactics that we employed just we had an attacking side. But when the possession is sitting with Granite Shaka and Mohamed El and it's constantly going to and from them in those two DMs, like you need the players that can get your attacking players in good positions. Your attacking players can't be receiving the ball with their backs to a player. They need to be running into the space. And the way Man City set up, I don't know if you saw, but out of possession, they set they set up in a 4-2-4. Four, four. So they were pressing with a front four and basically matching up our back line man for man. And they just had so many men that could just effectively make it seem like they've got more men on the pitch. And I think, obviously, if sobias there was a, some sort of a fitness issue then he shouldn't have uh, played. But if he was fit, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't have started because we just... When all your possessions with those two players, they need to do more of it. And unfortunately, they didn't. And it was mainly just Shakur was coming through. Uh, and then El- wasn't really conducting the attacks. He, he was literally just passing sideways and backwards.
0: Is like it? it was a horrible stick to beat Elneny with, though, isn't it? Saying, you know, he just passes the side backwards. But it is just so regular that every time you if it is almost got to the point where if i was in the opposition team and i saw on i'd be thinking i'm a lot more relieved seeing him there because although we'll have less of the ball because he's much safer with his passing he's mm-hmm. less likely to you know hurt us he's not going to put one over the top for about Bamiang to run on to um it's, it's just it's a bit disheartening now our has sort of come to represent everything that's happened to the club in the last five years if you said to if you said to people Define Arsenal's fall from grace in a player at the club currently, it would be Elneny because he's he wasn't good enough when we played in the Champions League. Obviously, he had that screamer against Barcelona, but he wasn't good enough. He went on loan to Turkey, during which time we got worse and he's come back and he's playing sort of every other week.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to keep going back to it, but again, it's I'm left questioning Arteta's tactical decisions, uh, in-game and pre-game we spoke about the starting lineup. I don't understand the substitution of bringing Sabaios on at 85 minutes it's, a, it's pointless you're done out of the game at that point uh, I would have liked to have seen Martinelli I would like to have seen just something something to give us a bit of hope and inspiration because it was flat it was boring it was tiring to watch it was almost painful to watch Mm. Um, problem,
0: problem was that Sobias was warming up by himself at half time. He didn't go in for the team talk He was, you know, doing vigorous warm ups. And you thought, he's going to come on at half time. That's a good change to make, sensible. Yes, Everyone yeah. at half time would have said, Sobias, throw an inny, then leave it to 60 minutes, bring on Martinelli and Lacazette, probably from the fresh legs. But it, the, the first changes, the fact that they didn't happen until sort of 73 minutes when we yeah. hadn't really created much. We're 1 no down we're very clearly
1: like we're already losing the game. Like we had nothing to lose at that point. Why not throw on Martinelli, who's a player you know who's gonna run his socks off, you know he's gonna give a hundred percent, he's gonna press City, he's gonna put them under pressure in possession. Like and also I, I don't understand why that's only coming from an individual. Why don't we t- press as a team like we used to on previous kind of um previous uh uh teams under previous managers when we used to uh, stifle teams up with our pressing. Why is it only Martinelli that's running? Surely that's just a individual decision that I'm going to press. Why is it not the whole team's decision?
2: Are we at de- are we in danger of losing him, or like letting go of a player like the player he is? Because we've seen Apple with Cilibré. He didn't get the game time he wanted. He's gone out, albeit on loan, but clearly unhappy at the club. Um. Are we at risk of almost letting the same thing happen to Martinelli, that it gets to the point where we've upset him so much, he's going to say, right, well, I'm not playing here as often as I want to, or should be, and as his form deserves, I'm sure other clubs, bigger clubs, Champions League clubs, will be after a talent like him, considering what he's shown.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, we are in danger. Yeah. Um one thing I think would work really well and obviously feel free to give your opinions on this but if you could give him a season he's clearly not going to get the game time he wants this season and depending on who we buy next season it could be a similar pattern but there again you've also got to take into uh, context the likes of we might not have Lacazette and Nketiah come next season Um, but if we do have lots of depth around that position and Martinelli's not going to get regular game time, why not send him out on loan like he's still very young and if he can play somewhere week in week out I do think a player of his quality and talent could really turn up for a team playing like regular football and I just can't see it at the moment because I saw someone tweet it the other night it was like Arteta doesn't rate Martinelli in the same way he doesn't rate Saliba which does kind of worry me because like those are two players which have so much hype around them and so much promise and potential and we've not even had a chance to see them play like regular football under Arteta?
0: I think it's, I I don't see how a coach as good as we believe Arteta to be you know, you're you're talking about Guardiola and Klopp have said great things about Arteta both of those managers have come out and said, you know, Martinelli is incredible, he's got the potential to be one of the best players in the world Yeah, I don't see how Arteta can look at that and say I don't agree so I'm not sure if it's, it's it's difficult because it seems like Arteta wants his players to be doing a very specific sort of thing to the point where you know he can rotate them and they'll do effectively the same thing you know it's like with Manchester City they've got basically two, two 11s, Um, they can rotate whoever they want in and out of them and they will be effectively the same team because every player has been drilled to do the same thing when they're in that position. And I wonder if Martinelli's enthusiasm to just sort of chase everything is something that worries Arteta, because it might undermine his sort of structure that he wants to set up when we're out of possession. And I think that Martinelli, personally, I think that he probably is rated, but he's one of those players that Arteta is going to be sitting down with and saying, I need you to do this, 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 and this. It's like with Pepe and, to a lesser extent, with Saka. You know, so, uh, we've, we've seen pictures of them talking individually with both. I think Martinelli will be probably the next one on that sort of conveyor belt.
2: Is it almost the danger of like, him getting lost in the tactical system we've employed? Because we found almost, well, for a few games, it seemed we found a routine as team structure that works without him. And he was so integral. He was not integral, but he was very important in the games we needed him to be. Like he, he scored a lot of goals. He looked at danger. And now we found almost that that way of playing with Saka and, Saka and Smith-Rowe. Again, two youngsters. Obviously, we take the let them go. But I think Dan's right. A season away, even maybe in the championship, where he's a valued player, could improve his happiness. Um. What do you make of Bellerin yesterday? Because he, he, he's, for me, he's gone through a really weird wave. He sort of, he's been all right. Then he had a great game a couple of weeks ago. And then it's almost a drop-off again. I mean, the clips go around of him miscontrolling the ball and kicking out a play. just, if Hedrick was fully fit, would you, like, which we presume he is, considering he's played against Medvedic who he played last week, would you not have brought him in? He's a better right-back than better, isn't he, Dan?
1: Yeah, in a, in a way, I think he, when, it's kind of difficult to judge Cedric because he's been playing, playing at left-back and you've got to commend his efforts and he's not looked amazing at left-back, I'm not going to lie. But when he's played on that right-hand side, he does seem to, obviously that's his position, and he seems to have... He seems to have like a um, like that final ball, that killer ball that you can put into the box that Bellerin can't. But then he does look quite suspect when, when defending. So it's a it's a weird one. I think I would still personally rather have Bellerin in there. I don't think he's been playing awfully in the last couple of games. I think I think he went very under the radar in the Aston Villa game when he kept Jack Relish very quiet, and I think. He does get a lot of uncalled for hate and criticism, um, but that doesn't change the fact that he does still need to step up. And I think he, he definitely knows that. And yeah, he does need to step up his um, his levels and his playing levels.
2: Would you say mm. that's Would you say that's an area we need to sort of target replacements for in some of their more key priority areas?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I think we um, we need to look into it. If we could get like a Hakimi, um, a Hakimi like to um strengthen that position, then then brilliant. I think left back is more of an issue though. Um, because Kieran Tierney is undoubtedly our first choice, but we do need to get someone in, whether that be like the likes of maybe a Van Arnholt, uh, a Ryan Bertrand. I do worry though that because they're Premier League, they might be a bit more
0: expensive. I think it's it's difficult because I I would agree with you that I don't think Bellerin is a a massive issue. I think he gets a lot of unwarranted criticism because he doesn't because he's not Kieran Tierney, effectively. Yeah. But I think the problem that we have is that on that left-hand side, you're already looking at Tierney, Saka, uh, or Pepe, whoever plays on the left. A will then drift out left. Uh Xhaka is favoring the left, so he'll sort of play left back with his left foot. Um, and you'll create a lot more 3v2s, 2v1s, those sort of opportunities there where you can get the best out of those players. Whereas you come up, you come out to the right-hand side and you've got Bellerin who's playing as an inverted fullback and either Saka or Pepe or whoever plays on the right and you're looking at a 2v2 there's no clear advantage there. And you're also looking at them being fed by Mohamed Elneny on occasion as it was against City. There's not a lot of There's not a lot of help for them on that side, especially when you consider how many left footers we've got in the side when you add Odegaard into that central area. You know, Odegaard is... He's a that he likes to drift around, and you won't really pin him down in that middle, but it means that it's very difficult to use him as sort of like a bounce board for Pepe to get in behind. So a lot of the time you're looking at Bellerin and Pepe against uh, a left-back and a left-mid and maybe a covering centre-back or midfielder. And what you're actually asking is, can the pair of them break down three or four players? And the answer is often no. Um, and that's where a lot of criticism comes from. But I think that if we had to upgrade, I would be looking in central midfield before I would look out to the right back.
2: It's, we spoke about this about two episodes ago. Is a draw against Infica in our away leg, as you wish? And a 1-0 defeat against the City. Is that a, how is that in terms of going into the second leg? Is it a position we wouldn't have, have expected to be in it? Uh, a better position, I don't think you can expect. I know it's only a 1-0 defeat against City. Maybe it was three or four. We would have lost sort of like a passion. is like How how are we expecting our chances from our form going in? Because we said it was it was a vital game to win. Um, we didn't get the win. Then we drew. Then we lost. Is it just a danger of just being a bit flat?
1: Potentially. we Against City, it was our old foe of no chances created. No, what was it? There was only one shot on target from us for the whole game. It was our old nemesis again. And it's, it's just so frustrating because... Against Benfica, we couldn't finish our chances. And against City, we couldn't even create chances. So we need to create and finish chances come um, the game on on Thursday night. And it, it's as simple as that. Like like Ben said, we need to we need to score goals, we need to progress. And we just need to everyone needs to click and, and I do believe we can beat Benfica. We practically dominated them in the first leg. Um, but, yeah, we just need to finish our chances.
2: Is every game now a sort of decisive game in our season? Is it getting to that point now that you look at the teams of other form, you look at Spurs, they're in poor form. You'd expect Mourinho at some point to turn it around. But, again, there's, what, 12 Premier League games left? You look at teams around us, either picking up points or dropping points, and it's all very close. But six points behind Liverpool now when they won the league by... Stupid points last season. Is every game now decisive? Like we've got Benfica next. Obviously, at what point do we say like stop saying it's a must-win in terms of our season?
0: It depends on what you still think we can get from this season. If you're looking for top four, every game from about mid-December was a must-win. Because we d- we were so far behind before that because of our awful form. If you're looking for top seven you're saying, you know, you've probably got to win every game now. You've probably let it slip with the defeats that we've had. But coming up, we've got Leicester, we've got Spurs again. You know, we've got games against Um, the sides. Yeah, we've got games against the sides towards the top. And there are sides up there that I still think will tail off. You're looking at West Ham, Aston Villa who are now not got Grealish for the next month or so. Um, there's Leicester up there as well, who I think will be all right. But those two in particular, plus the poor form of Liverpool and Spurs, you've got to think than an outside chance, even though at the moment we're 10th or 11th. A couple of good results change that. But I think that our season really does hang on the Europa League now. And whether we can get a result... If we get a result on Thursday, then I'm almost saying it's acceptable what we've had with the 1-0 loss to City and the 1-1 draw. If we don't get a result, then you look at both those games and you say, yes, we need to be better against Benfica. We need to create more chances. know, I mean, We created four or five, but we against that side, against the, against the team that we played and the way that they played, we should have been creating nine, 10, 11 chances. We held on to a lot of the ball. And then against Manchester City, you've got to then question, you know, why Tierney played 90 minutes, why Saka played 90 minutes, if we don't go through.
2: It's, yeah, it's it's almost uh, I, I know, I, I, I joke about it, I, uh, I'm i the pessimist of the podcast, but it's almost getting to that point now that we were a couple of weeks ago, but the run of form we've got, you can't necessarily see us picking up a lot of wins domestically. You'd, you'd look at that Burnley game and say, okay, fine, you'd expect us to beat Burnley, but would you say we, like, would we be favourites to get a result against a Leicester team third in the league, a West Ham team currently fourth in the league? Spurs, who always seem to turn up against us in the past couple of years. It's it's getting to that point again we were before Chelsea, where it was like, I don't see where the win is going to come from. Because either we don't create chances as, as we have shown against Man City, or we can't finish excellent chances as we saw against Benfica I think Leeds maybe was the exception where we took the chances we had but it's just are we in danger of being back in that rut that we always seem to find ourselves in in February March that we, we,
1: need, just- to, we need to step up we need to step up that's it's as simple as that we need to step up our performances need to improve we need to get we need, we need a bit of luck <laughs> um we need need, everyone to stay fit we need everyone to stay fit It's, it's just as simple as that we just need if we don't improve we won't get Champions League football potentially not even Europa like people forget we we only qualified for Europa League last season because we won the FA Cup
2: yeah
1: our league form for the last four or five years has not been good enough and I remember when we won the um, what was it the FA Cup with um, Arsene Wenger, um, the last one before he uh, left. Like I remember the players saying, "Oh, we need to improve our league form next season. We'll enjoy this now, but we need to improve it." We've got steadily worse and worse, yet we've made progressive signings. So something doesn't add up here. But we we've got we just need to improve our on-field performances. And if we don't step up, then yeah, we're going
0: to fall into that ruck again. It is is difficult, isn't it? Because you look at the signings we've made and as you say, they're all progressive with the exception of maybe William and arguable about about Aubameyang signing a new contract. But it really makes you wonder either how far managers got these players to overperform or how much these players have dropped off trying to get into this new system because they're not Performing as you would expect players to, of their level to perform.
2: It's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because, like you said, we've we've signed. You look at the last big signing we've made, we, uh, Abamyang. I know it was a few, a good few years ago now, but it was still a massive signing. and although we weren't best pleased with it, it was a it was a big name player. Um, Leno, you, you're right. We've got Partey. We've got big signings coming in.
1: When, when we, we signed Pepe, we were really happy about that. Obviously, yeah,
2: exactly. We've signed, we've gone from finishing sort of consistent top four to I think eighth last season, was it? And it's looking yeah. like we might not even replicate that this season. Uh, I think I think you're right. I don't want to sort of say we have to prioritise one, but the Europa League is massive for us this year. I know we like we could go out now and finish seventh, maybe. You look at the form of teams around us. Villa have lost Grudis. You'd expect them to tail off a bit now. It's it's a massive game Thursday and we'll be back to preview it in a couple of days' time whilst we get over that. Hmm. It wasn't even humiliating to defeat. It was just the manner of our performance was almost embarrassing. I know it was only 1-0, but we just got dominated. So we will be back in a couple of days to preview our home leg in Rome against Benfica. Which still God, weird, doesn't me. it? Um, and hopefully, away goals don't come back to bite us. Hopefully, we don't have a repeat of that Greek team, um, <laughs> and we progress. And then hopefully, we don't draw a European team because it looks like we'll all go through. And then I oh, will probably get Man United or Spurs, won't we? <laughs> oh, <Probably. laughs> um, no, we well, got to
0: beat them at some point.
2: Yeah, expect true. so. Uh, thank you for listening to us ramble on. I th- we didn't rant today, did we? That wasn't really a rant. No <laughs> comment, <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you decide. Uh, so thank you for listening. Make sure to like, comment, share, subscribe, and join us in a couple of days for our Arsenal versus Benfica, Europa League, second leg, round of 32 preview. Thanks, goodbye. <laughs>